You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with Coral Director and Lifestyle Entrepreneur Ryan Guth. All right, Choir Nation, I am sitting here with Charles Bruffy on the first day of the Westminster uh, Summer Conducting Institute. And I know that Charles has been here since 2006, right? So this is your 10th your tenth year. Is it my 10th anniversary? Your 10th anniversary. <laughs> wow. Welcome, Let Charles. You get me. Thank you for being on the Find Your Forte <laughs> podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So uh, we just finished up uh, a conducting class, and I happened to be in Charles's class. And um, we were talking today about uh, how uh, the gesture that we use, uh, every little bit of it has to have have some type of meaning. And uh, he had made a comment um, during my uh, my portion, uh, and this probably comes from my middle school background, uh, that I maybe beat beat the the. Uh, choir over the head with with my gesture oh yes i think you you hit them over the head and i <laughs> and i just said that your conducting was too blatant now do you see this in a lot of like because choir nation is middle school and high school choir directors mostly do you see this pattern a lot uh yes from conductors of choirs that are that are not junior high and high school, you, you know we we sometimes get our choir so desensitized to what we are doing that the only way we can get their attention is to be aggressive in our conducting and have every beat be nudged and forced and hit. You can't see what I'm doing, but I'm acting that out. It's, you know, it's like sometimes when you're, you know, talking to somebody else and they say, why are you yelling? Is it like you, a control? Is it a control thing? No, think? it's like uh, it feels like. Well, because it seems like you can't hear me unless mm-hmm. I am yelling. When, when, so, when in reality, right? When, we, when in reality, if you want your choir to listen, you should do less. Right. We should just tell them the truth. Just tell them. Give them the information. You know, if if you want to have them put the T of a word on beat three then just give them that information because if we give them this can be a little complicated since you can't see me but if we hit beat three to indicate that the T goes there is the velocity and strength of the gesture proportional to the amount of T that is delivered. Sweet. Well, for one thing, Mm -hmm. that doesn't belong Mm -hmm. together. And can you tell that in that gesture, I wanted to be darn sure they cut off on beat three, so I hit them a little hard, mm-hmm. a little blatantly. 
And you got more than what you bargained for. Right. But then that's what we're talking about is that desensitizing of choirs that unless I bam on beat three, they, I'm not sure, I don't trust them that they're going to come off. So that's because a good I, word. Trust. That's a really good, that's a really big word. Uh, for is. For, I mean, I think, right, we have in, in, uh, the, in the school world, we have, maybe we feel like we have this pressure uh, for our kids to perform this much repertoire by this time for the parents and the administrators. And we have to feel like we have to micromanage uh, our ensembles so that we feel uh, comfortable enough to put them out on stage in, in front of everyone. And, and I don't. I wonder if that's a, a trend um, that we have in, in the in the choral world. Like I'm, I'm going to show you everything so that you can't possibly mess up, right? Right. And, and it ends then, up being controlled. Well, and it ends up perhaps creating more problems than it fixes. Right. right. Because if if you gesture every nano moment by the time you give them the gesture the event has already occurred Mm -hmm. and it's or that you give them the gesture so late that it's there's no time to think about it and then they can't be successful so today we were working on a song that the piano starts on the end of beat one and then plays an octave and then plays again on the end of three. And so we practice with giving them or whatever it was. Now, if you can if you can't see him do this, he's giving Shall you Shall I do that again for you only louder? <laughs> Maybe you'll get it if I do it louder. He's giving you only one and three. And three. So we did see, so we saw a conductor that was having a difficult time not doing two. Right. Because we were taught to beat time in undergraduate conducting class. And and if you if you stepped in, uh, if you're anybody who steps into one of these conducting classes, I mean, there's many people doing so many things right, exactly as they were told to do it in their undergraduate conducting class, which is, you know, time beating 101 and 102, right? Um, and I think this is just the next level here at Westminster, um, which is that perfect balance of doing... Um, doing less to show more, or doing only what's necessary. I think that's something you said. You said only do what was what's, what's necessary. necessary, and then uh, I uh, that thing about will. What is possible when you will things to happen? You know there. There is just so much that's inexplicable about the whole singing thing and mechanism and corporation of choir and ensemble and um, and the things the the moments that can happen of sheer will. It's astounding. And will is not created of movement or velocity of movement or strength of movement or tension or uh, 
looseness. It's created of energy. And that energy of will is discernible from our choirs and and singers. So that energy thing, be careful. So one of the first things that you asked us about every conductor who got up today is uh, what what does he or she look like? Or what are they trying, what are they communicating to us right now, whether they know it or not, by the way that they just get up in front of the, in front of the choir. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about why that was the, the first question you asked? And maybe how we can, how can members of Choir Nation go and, and maybe assess for themselves um, the answer to that question for themselves? Right. Well, I think in many ways it boils down to perception is truth. Mm-hmm. You know, what people think they see is in fact what they see. Now, whether I'm giving you that information on purpose or telling you that information, just because I am standing there, I know, again, you can't see me, but if you could, you would see gentleness, roundness, um, warmth, which is why my choirs sound like they do. Mm From the very get-go, they make gentle, warm, American sound. If my body was shaped in another way, my choir would sound different. And so when I want my choir, I mean, my choir can make soft, luscious finger-licking good sound (laughs) easily. Mm -hmm. It is when we make harder, more raucous, um, mm, coarser, more aggressive, that's when I have to find different ways of communicating that because you don't see that Mm -hmm. on my frame. Is that in your personality? I've only known you for a day, really. So, so do you feel like, okay, so my body is saying one thing, but my brain has other things to say? Like, are you ever in conflict with your own, is your brain in conflict with your own body? Well, <laughs> I, no. I just, my brain just has to get my body to do some things that it doesn't do naturally. Okay, okay. Very good. So, how did you? How did you? Tacitly. How did you learn to listen to your own gesture? Did you? I mean, were you in front of a mirror as a stu- as a con- student of conducting, or or wh- how did you f- sort of tie your heart and your head to your hands? I was a four H'er. You worked in a farm? <laughs> no. Well, if you're not a 4-H'er, then you don't know the pledge, and it's oh, oh, hand, oh, okay. hands and health. Oh, sorry. It's my okay. club, country, and world. Don't forget that part. So uh, um, I practice conducting all the time. How? Uh, I, I spend a lot of time in the car, 
And every single time I come up to a stoplight, I have two choices. Take productive use of the time or sit there and waste three minutes. Right. What a waste of time. So I practice what does this kind of cutoff look like? What does it feel like? Is the sound I'm imagining in partnership with the energy movement formation of my hand, fluidity of my hand? Um, And then, and sometimes I practice initiation of a word um, we have that song sure on this shining night mm, the and we um, since the seventh grade have been taught to sing on the vowel but I wonder what does it mean to the word sure if we in fact elongate the sh sound sure on this Sure on this. Mm-hmm. And and so sometimes I think we just need to manage with a new evaluation and and analysis some things that we have just taken as fact. Maybe it turns out there's another possibility. And that sure is a perfect example. And so I practice what does if the sound sh was created in movement, what would it look like? And so, you, so you're basically you're adding colors to your palette, really. And and when you get in front of your choir, uh, you could you, you try it, and it may not be what you thought it was, but it might also be exactly that. And you're, I, I think it's a way of expressing or being creative as a choir director because maybe you've never sung the Barber Shear on the Shine Night with that elongated S um, because you've always sung it this way because your high school choir director back when you were in high school did it that way. But there's nothing stopping you from trying this new way and and then trying to connect right what what you're what you're thinking and that's the sound you're thinking to to your hand for 3 minutes at a at a stoplight right and and i practice making sound become literal or uh, I practice making the movement of my hand and conducting mechanism to be literal to the sound. So you are painting, really. Well, right. I I guess yes. And you know, the truly um, magical part is in rehearsal. And I will make some sort of movement, mm-hmm. and the choirs respond, and I think, how in the world did they know what that one little nano movement of my little finger, how did they know what to do? And it could be represented just in the slightest color of vowel or in the um, transversing of diphthong. 
Uh, but that's what we were talking about earlier is because I have worked to sensitize my singers to when I do something, they do something. Mm-hmm. And it comes from doing only what's necessary. Well, that's my goal. Yeah. Well, here, let's, let's end it this way because I want to make sure that I, I, uh, I give you guys a nice, neat package here. Um, if you had to write on a billboard that could be posted in front of every graduate conducting major that driving down the highway, what would that billboard say? Stop texting. <laughs> Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Listening comes first, and it is the listening that informs the gesticulating, and it's, well, listening comes first. It's always all about the listening, and... And experimenting with possibilities that aren't readily presented at first glance. Awesome. That's great. Well, I think that's a good, I think that's a fantastic way to wrap up Technique Tuesday. So, Choir Nation, I I appreciate you joining us today, and thank you. Charles Bruffy for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.